Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast, where we're applying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode and all of our episodes are powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which focuses on helping churches make disciples who can make disciples. For more information, check out navigatorschurchministries.org. Justin, how are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Tony? Better than I deserve. It's a Monday morning. It's dreary here in Ohio. I hope you've got a good random question of the day. I do, and you don't even know what it is. So this random question is, what late night television show did you love to watch growing up? Or was your favorite? Maybe you didn't love it, but your favorite. Oh, um, so true confession. I, late night for me is like 10 o'clock. <laughs> Even as a teenager, you're turning at 10. Yeah. Well, I was up early, man. I just, I was army. I was army through and through. So I didn't really do that much, but I would say, uh, I, so if I was going to watch anything, it would be Arsenio Hall. Let's go. <laughs> you remember <laughs> that, right? Awesome. Yeah, that was mine too. It was was actually, it really? Yes, it actually was. <laughs> I used to record that on, on a VCR and watch the rest of it when I wasn't able to stay up like school nights or whatever. So that's how into Arsenio Hall I was at that point. Holy smokes. You and I are just, we're so, we're so much alike. We're basically twins. It is nuts. Yep. So Tony, we were talking before we started because we thought about titling this something different. And we were thinking about titling it, uh, Will It Float, uh, from the Dave Letterman sketch, which you weren't familiar with. So. No, I wasn't <laughs> familiar with Will It Float at all. But apparently it was a game that, that Dave used to play where he would drop things into an aquarium and see if it, if it floated, right? And It was a thing, and I'm confident most people listening to this are familiar. So we'll, we'll probably never know that. But that's all right. But Let's, the goal here, right? Yeah. The goal of the episode is to yeah. talk about the idea of disciple making and scaling, right? And yes. and this idea of how quickly will disciple making scale in your church or in your community? And and Justin, I'm wondering if you could kind of kick us off. Why do you think so many church leaders struggle with this idea of a will disciple making scale. Yeah. Yeah. I think for church leaders, one of the big things, and for many pastors, they get into ministry thinking about reaching the masses. I think of a friend of mine who, who told me 20 years ago that he wanted to be the next Billy Graham. And it's just the big was on his heart and on his mind. And disciple making doesn't start that way. And so mm-hmm. when you start with a framework of, I want to reach everybody with the gospel. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, why don't you just start working with one or two people? There's there's this dissonance that occurs within people that they're like, well, no, that cannot be right. That cannot be the way to reach everybody if you're just asking me to work with one or two people. How do you process it? Yeah, I, I think the hard part is, is that um, cultural American church is built on success is oftentimes built on how many people are in your programs, right? So how many people are in your, um, your pews, how many people are in your Sunday school, how many people are using your building, how many, how many, how many. And so when you start with a posture of how many disciple making immediately becomes a really difficult thing. Cause it's, it's arduous. You know, we all know this, it's arduous 
it's long it's it's full of progressions and uh step backwards that like that you just it's not a straight line it's much more relational than that and so it's hard and when you're a pastor one of the things that i have wrestled with in my own life and i'm I'm sure i'm not alone is i oftentimes feel judged success or failure by how many people show up to what we're doing yeah and and in disciple making one that's done privately so nobody really sees it and two um there's just not many people there so like what do you do with all that how does it how do you look at it how do you measure it when you go to your board of elders or your parish council what do you tell them oh i spent you know if if you think about it right well on average we spent about 90 minutes for every disciple making meeting is kind of the pattern that you and i use um so I spent 90 minutes with four people each, right? That's a that's a fairly large investment of time mm-hmm. in a 40 to 50 hour work week. And what do I have to show for it? Well, nothing right now. <laughs> just <laughs> you know, wait. Just just wait. And and like, hey, what's the how do we measure success? Well, they're reading scripture, they're doing scripture memory. Like those are all really great things, but that's not like that's not putting butts in the seat. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a question that, you know, honestly, pastors and church leaders probably struggle with more um, because of the nature of the church and the nature of their work and some of those things you just mentioned about uh, being asked questions of others. But I think at some level, too, uh, the everyday believer starts to think about, well, is it is this really going to make a difference, right? Yeah, it because work? there's so many. I mean, we have... Um, hundreds of people perhaps in in the church and I'm just working with one or maybe they already have a heart for disciple making and they're trying to get the attention of the pastor or whoever else is in charge of um, of moving things forward in the church and they think well it seems like I can never make a difference here because I'm only one person what am I gonna do meet with one or two people and you know nobody's gonna care about that. And I think the question that we're engaging today, Tony, is so important on both sides, right? It's important for the pastor. It's important for that everyday believer so that both sides can see, no, this is something that is extremely, extremely powerful, but we have to step back and think about it for a little bit Mm. before we can grasp or really appreciate the power that it has. Yeah, I I think the other thing is, is for the the non-pastor, non-church leader, is like, hey, can I, if I invest this much time over this extended period of time, will it really change anything? Will one person change anything? And I think that brings us to one of our, our keys in understanding how quickly will disciple-making scale. So disciple-making will scale at the level of our faithfulness. And it's faithfulness to disciple-making and, and to the Lord in disciple-making. Now, remember, one of the things that we are very passionate about is defining this term disciple making. And the ultimate measure of a mature disciple is spiritual reproduction. And so when we talk about scale, when it comes to disciple making, when it comes to what you're doing to to lean into someone else, the vision is always multiplication and not addition, right? So as disciple makers, we strive for multiplication not addition. Justin, can you kind of tell us the difference between the two? 
Yeah, I want to illustrate the difference and there's going to be some math involved and I try not to do math publicly, um, but we're going to try it today anyway. Um, let's just imagine that Tony, your son, Connor, um, decides that he's going to start preaching the gospel. Praise the and, Lord. Yeah. And so he goes and he begins preaching and, and he is just really anointed of God and 10,000 people are coming to to know Jesus every time he preaches. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's filling up stadiums of people just coming to listen to him. Uh, and he's, you know, a young guy. He's got a lot of energy, a lot of stamina. And so he does this not every day, but 300 days a year mm. for 34 years, roughly the length of Jesus' life, right? 34 years. And imagine the things that would happen uh, as a result of him doing this, 10,000 people, 300 days a year, he would be world famous really quickly, right? He would be on covers of magazines, books would be written about him. He would be the thing. There probably wouldn't be anyone in America for sure. And maybe in on, on the world, really in the world that didn't know his name and who he was and what he was about. And at the end of that 34 years, Tony, 102 million people would have been added to the kingdom. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's all. That that would be, I mean, that's a prayer from your lips to God's ears. Right. That would just fire the imagination as we, as we think about that, all the things that would come from one person, whether it's your son or somebody else that, that was doing that and that God was using in that way. But now let's, let's pretend that your other son, Caleb, he says, you know, I'm not, I'm not like Connor. I could never do that. Uh, instead, of, instead of preaching, I'm just going to try and, and win one person a year mm. to the Lord. I'm going to share the gospel in just one a year. And after they become a Christian, I'm going to start discipling them. And so at the end of that year, I want them to be able to start helping somebody else and to share their faith with somebody else. So at the end of year one, it was just Caleb and one other. At the end of year two, they both did the same thing. And so now there's four people. The end of year three, there'd be eight people. And at the end of the same 34 years, uh, you know, remember Connor had 102 million. The end of 34 years, Caleb would have been a part of influencing and bringing into the kingdom six billion people. Wow. And so nobody would know him, right? First right. of all, I mean, nobody would know they'd done that. Nobody would, but that illustrates the difference between one strategy of addition, 10,000 people a day, the other strategy of multiplication. I'm just working with one or two and I'm going to help them to get to the place where they're doing the same thing with others. And so it's that power of multiplication. It's the power of what we sometimes think of in investing right? Mm. Of, of compounding interest. And this is really compounding influence uh, throughout the world and throughout uh, individuals that we are helping them to become not just knowing Jesus, but disciple makers for Jesus. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things that um, I heard, as you said, that is an important lesson to pull out here, which is as a disciple maker, we're not trying to um, do all of the work ourselves, hmm. right? Instead, what we're trying to do is we're trying to to give uh, authority, the authority that we have in Christ Jesus, we're trying to give that to someone else. 
So oftentimes when we get into this kind of idea about multiplication versus addition, we're thinking about all the things that I can do, right? I can do this. I can do that. But when you think about disciple making, what we're really trying to wrestle with is what can Jesus do? What can Jesus do through the person that I'm discipling? Because I'm not discipling someone in my image. I'm discipling someone in Jesus's image. So again, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the Connor approach. I'm going to call it that or the, or what some people call the Billy Graham approach. Evangelism to the masses is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But when someone who's got the gifts and anointing of Billy Graham dies, so does that ministry. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that. You know, yeah. and there's no, again, there's there's no shame in that. There's no shade in that either, right? I'm not. Billy Graham was an incredible uh, witness to the faith, but the problem is, is not everyone can be Billy Graham, but everyone can make a disciple. Yep, yep. No, that's really good because even Billy Graham recognized, in in the midst of his ministry, he recognized that if all he was doing was making converts. It wasn't what God desired. And so he began really some robust efforts and asked people to come help who had more expertise in disciple making so that after he left a place, there was work that was ongoing with those people who expressed faith in him. Right now, there's something else here, Tony, that we need to that we need to factor in, we need to consider. Um, you know, the difference between making a new disciple and working with what we sometimes refer to as orphans. So those disciples who are infants or uh, child believers who have never reproduced, but they've been in church for decades. Um, you know, what, what do we need to think about in terms of those different types of people in, in the way that we disciple and the way that scaling happens? Well, I, I think that there's some important clarifications that as we dive into this next part of this idea about scalability is is obviously our goal is to reach new believers right so we're trying to bring people to Christ and teach them how to teach other people to follow Christ right so spiritual reproduction so one of the things that tends to happen in churches specifically or communities of believers where everyone is already of like mind is that when the disciple making vision is given to the to the community, what will happen is they'll share it amongst each other. So let me give you a, a really practical example. I was pastoring a church, and I um, then went in and discipled someone who went to the church. Let's call him Greg. So I discipled Greg, and Greg was in the church, and he was a, a longtime member of the church. And Greg caught the vision of disciple making. So we know that good disciple making, it's intentional, relational, and reproducible. And I share all those things with Greg. And it was great. Greg has now got the vision of disciple making. He's on fire for disciple making. And then what Greg decides to do is the same thing that I did. And he goes and he decides to disciple Grant. Well, so Grant then is also in the church and he's been in the church for a really long time. What will eventually happen is everyone in the church will only disciple the other people who are in the church, that's not real multiplication. As a matter of fact, that's not even real addition. What that is, is lip service to reaching the community, right? So, so we're not really reaching out. What we're really doing is just staying in. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So we're, we're reaching in, but we're also reaching down, right? So we're developing depth in the people who are already there. And 
I love what you said that if we're not reaching out, if it doesn't get to the community, it's not Jesus style disciple making. Right. Right. And that's what we're all about here on this podcast is we're figuring out, well, how did Jesus do it? And what was his priority and why did he do it that way? And what he did and his heart was the nations. His heart was the lost. His heart was moving towards those who were far away from God. And so if we only disciple people who are in the church, we are not we're not practicing Jesus style disciple me. I mean, there's no other way to say that, uh, no clearer way to say it. And so it's not bad to work with those who are in the church, right? We don't want you to hear that. That's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is we have to be clear on why we're doing what we're doing. We are making disciples not to make other Christians who are more mature. We're making disciples so that more mature Christians can go and reach the lost. Right. And so if we aren't doing that ourselves, then we're not modeling well for those that we're discipling in the church. But we also can't expect those that we're discipling to go do something that we're not doing to begin with. Yeah. And I, I think this also goes back to the point that you can't, um, you can't spiritual reproduce with people who are already born. Y- y- you know what I mean? So if we, if we think about that sense, right, I, I'm trying to reach people who don't know, yet know Christ and and raise them into maturity. Um, now, I, I think as a disciple maker who is in both worlds, I have non-Christian friends and I have Christian friends. I try to be intentional about splitting those relationships equally, right? So when I do that, what I end up doing is I have intentional relationships with people who are outside of the church and intentional relationships with the people that are inside the church. And I do my best work when I'm doing um, that in both places. So I, I would just tell you as a disciple maker, as you think about this, I, I know it can sound a little overwhelming, but honestly, um, all it requires is for you to put yourself in a position where there are non-believers around you. And, and that's sometimes in the, the North American church that we don't do well, but will bear much fruit as we think about multiplication over the years. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's really good because the other part is if we are only working with existing disciples, a lot of our tools are aimed for people who are new in the faith, who, um, you know, are just beginning their walk with him. And those, those people come from uh, the outside. They come from those who don't know Jesus right now. And so then we're just passing tools along that that don't apply to anyone that we're actually working with. They, they apply most directly to people that, you know, we hope to work with. Right. And that, that doesn't really happen uh, if we don't reach the loss. So um, I think what we're saying, Tony, is that, that it scales, but it scales best when we multiply and it scales best when we're out there reaching the loss, because that's, that's the intent of all of it. Right. So that's where those two methods of the method of, addition of preaching and trying to reach the lost as many as you can and the method of one or two they come together and the masses are reached only when those one or two uh start to to reach one or two right and so as yeah. we're reaching then we're scaling i love it i love it let me go ahead and take us out of here with our takeaway and action step we covered a lot of ground today but this is an important idea and so your takeaway Disciple-making will always scale to the level of our faithfulness. Disciple-making will always scale 
to the level of our faithfulness. And so the action step then is to evaluate your faithfulness in disciple making. Are you multiplying or just adding, right? Are you multiplying or just adding? Are you talking to orphans or are you talking to new believers? And what does the intentionality look like at both? There's a lot of work to be done here, but what I know and what I've seen in my own life, and I know Justin will attest to this as well, is that when we step out faithfully, the Lord meets us there in a way that he won't in any other environment. It's beautiful. It's meaningful. And it, it'll help us reach um, reach for the masses. So thank you guys so much. Hey, if this episode was valuable to do for you, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. And hey, the biggest comment you can give us, share this episode with a friend, maybe somebody you're discipling, maybe a pastor, um, maybe somebody you want to start discipling with. Thank you guys so much. And we look forward to connecting with you real soon.